Here we go. It's a uh, Friday. It's sunny. It's a little bit chillier, but it's February. It's Minnesota. Chad Hartman, Dave Harrigan, Rusty Ray with the news. We are here until three. Courtside follows us. Mr. Chest Lettuce himself. Major Garrett, bottom of the hour. Future Queen of America, Shaletta Brundage. She is at 105. My friend of 30-plus years and the best media relations director this town has ever seen, Bob Hagen, was leaving the Vikings, who will be missed immensely by the Vikings. We'll come on. It's been a number of years since Bob has come on this show and told the story about uh, two rather well-known individuals from North Minneapolis interacting at a Super Bowl. One goes by the name of Prince. One is my father. Matthew Collar is at uh, 205. Super Bowl, Purple, maybe halftime talk. Who knows where we go with Collar. And with Dave Harrigan, am I wrong? And I'm assuming you'll be wrong quite often. <laughs> Dave Harrigan. <laughs> That's quite funny. That's funny. Quite often. Okay, let's jump in. I'll look at the Pine and Press story. House voted along party lines. <laughs> Here's my shock face. <laughs> a vote in a state or in this country which goes by party lines. No, not that. The House voted 7058 to spend around $200 million a year making school breakfasts and lunches available to all students at no cost. No surprise, this debate has fallen along the lines of money. Should families where they can afford or previously have been paying for school lunches, should they receive an accommodation? More from the uh, Josh Verges story. More than one-third of Minnesota public school students already get free school meals because of their low family income or high poverty rates in their schools. Again, this is going to offer up free meals no matter the income of the parents or parent. Representative Pam Altendorf, who's a Republican from Red Wing, said this, why are we feeding kids in Edina or rich areas that do not need this extra funding? Why are we pushing tax dollars where they are not needed? Let me just take a quick aside here. Will Edina be the town we use in this example forever, Dave Harrigan? I think so. I think they've earned the reputation, even if they're not the most well-off suburb. They've, uh, they're the cake-eater suburb, right? I think that's what we that's, all think I of mean, Edina. Seriously. Uh, there are many, many wealthy parts of Edina, but there are other parts that, you know, are not. But it's just the bit, and we're not, it's never going to change. Republican lawmakers tried to amend the bill by expanding eligibility for free school meals to 250% of the federal poverty level. That's up significantly from 185%. The bill's sponsor, Representative Sidney Jordan, DFL, Minneapolis, said one quarter of hungry kids in Minnesota do not qualify for free school meals under the federal income guidelines. She waved off concerns about funding meals for families that can afford to pay. 
Here's what the representative had to say. We can give every kid in our school desks. There are lots of kids out there that can afford to buy desks, but they get the desks because they go to school. Okay, I want you to chime in. I'd love phone calls on this too. Do you, you're in the, the Senate has one more committee to go. Governor Walls wants this. I assume this is going to pass. If you're, you were in the House, Senate, or you were the governor, do you want this to be means tested in some way? Or do you think, let's just give everybody a free lunch? I want other people to chime in before I do. Most of the time, I chime in. But I want to give other people ch- uh, the opportunity to say, where you stand? What do you want? You go to school, and everybody goes to school, every kid, no matter what's going on at home, they know there's a breakfast waiting for them or lunch waiting for them. Or, no. Guess what? This individual or whatever the income might be, however they're coming up with it, they can afford it, and like many things... We should have some sort of means testing. Which way? Where do you stand on this one? 651-461-9226. Dave Harrigan, you are the czar of schools in the state of Minnesota. Where do you stand? My oldest is in kindergarten right now. Mm -hmm. She gets a free breakfast at, at school every single day. Kindergartners get it. I don't know. I'm guess I'm not sure if it's just the district or if that's statewide, but all kindergartners in the district get a free breakfast. She starts at nine thirty, so we always have to give her something when she gets up around seven. She eats a good, healthy breakfast at home: some eggs, some fruit, something like that. And then she gets to school, and I'll be honest: the breakfast is usually crap. It's donuts, pastries, sugar cereal—a lot that we hear about. It's not impressive. And I told my wife about this, about the free lunch thing, because we usually send her to school with a lunch from home. And my wife said, "Mm, I think we're still going to be sending her with lunch. And I said, whoa, 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 what? And so free lunch for me, for all kids, free lunch and breakfast, I'm okay with it. I understand. Stand the Edina argument and that if people have the means, why are we giving it for free? But I also understand the argument of if you're going to do it for so many people, just do it for everyone. And we all know we have enough food. It's just about getting the food to the right place. But honestly, I'd like to see another commission improve the quality of food we give the kids at school. I think that's a great point. Because it's not impressive. I think one of the dumbest things that <laughs> – uh, where there was the default pushback is when Michelle Obama said two things. By the way, very accomplished woman, very start, smart woman, a lawyer, but somehow we were worried about how that was going to play in America. My God. And so when she was the first lady, what would she talk about? Exercise, I mean, but she talked about many things, but... Let's be honest, one of the biggest pushes was exercise and better food at school. And people push back at that. <laughs> oh, no, not that. 
Let's get kids to actually exercise. And how about we try to avoid what normally kids get at school, which I think the term you use, Dave, crap. Most of the lunches at schools are not good. So if we're going to try to have the kids eat a little healthier, oh, no, not that. Let's push back. What government control that is. Stop. If we're trying, I mean, so we can do all these programs for athletes to eat better. We can tell us as adults, hey, stop with the processed food when you're eating this and that. But no, we better not have a uh, an intelligent first lady lead a program to try to get better food and exercise for our kids. Absurd. So that is a part of the conversation, the quality of food that kids are getting at school. A lot of texts are coming in. Going to read all those texts, and I'll chime in more myself. If you want to uh, add to this conversation with a phone call, we'd love to have that. Are you for free lunches, or do you want it means tested? 651-461-9226. Please don't stop the music. Super Bowl bumper music today, Dave Harrigan. We're going to just go all Rihanna. We're going to get pumped yep. up for Sunday. We're going to try it. Why not? Why not? Uh, news breaking last two, three minutes. Anthony Edwards added to the All-Star game due to an injury. This happens often. Just tweeted it out. Talked about it when it happened. This was classic sports fake outrage. It's so dumb and so predictable. Our guy didn't make this all-star team or this all-star game. It's an exhibition game. In the NBA, where the league is filled with stars right now, you got 12 guys from one conference, 12 guys from another conference. Edwards has played brilliant basketball the last few months. Let's not forget, up to his standard, he wasn't close the first month. Of late, he's been one of the 15 best players in the game. He handled it appropriately. said, I don't care. I'm about winning games. And don't forget, I didn't play very well at the start. But again, fans, media types acted like this was an, ass- this was an assault on the Wolves, Minnesota, and Anthony Edwards. Calm down. It's an all-star game. Now get him a shoe and get some more profile. That was going to happen eventually. So... That fake sports outrage can calm down as Anthony Edwards is named. It, as it a was member. an assault, Chad. It was well, an assault. And now it continues to be because now, oh, sure, now you're not going to give him some time off. That's all it's going to be. That's yeah. It. You didn't want him, but now you don't want him. So now you don't want the Wolves in the playoffs, right? You want to get him tired. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Let's get uh, some texts here and calls. Chad, definitely. Food for all school children now has forms we filled out by parents. It never gets taken care of by the families. Um, they don't understand or get the information that needed. Simplify the system. Give all children needed meals. We're talking about now that the House in St. Paul here in Minnesota has passed free meals for all kids, breakfast and lunch, as opposed to means testing. 
Where do you stand on this? Also, we buy them all desks. What if you tell everyone a desk will be provided for you if you can't afford one? Free lunch, there is no free lunch. The taxpayers pay it on April 15. The students pay in the cafeteria at school. Free lunches across the board is a fantastic idea with the stipulation free and reduced school lunches like other nutritional welfare programs are ultimately funded by the USDA. Farms have funded urban areas enough during these high input times. I see where both sides are coming from with free meals for kids in schools. GOP doesn't talk about savings on administrative costs if they just feed everyone. Transfer the money spent to administrators uh, with the current program qualifies and who doesn't to improve the quality of the food served. 100% support free lunches for all students. I was a one lunch lady for one year. Hell, the garbage we serve kids was abhorrent, almost as abhorrent as the amount they threw away. Yes, do it for everyone. I'm reading just a long, long, long list of texts here. Eliminates all the paperwork needed for who qualifies and who doesn't. Let the rich families pay. They go to private schools anyway. Okay, I'll chime in before the calls, Dave. I'm for it. I was conflicted a little bit, but in the end, there's too much paperwork. There's there's too many different lines. If if we had done this the entire time, Dave Harrigan, from right when school started, nobody would even be debating this. No one. Because we can go through a lot of lists, and I I get it if people want to say, okay, what's for next? Extracurricular activity, other parts of school where you have to pay. Where do you draw the line? I'll take them point by point. And instead of having one line over here for the kids who don't qualify and one line over here for the kids who do qualify, just cover it. For every children, that is the best way to go. But again, let's make an enormous push for better quality food. And if the kids don't eat it, that's on the kids. I'm not saying everything has to be organic and gluten-free, but is it that difficult, Dave, to mix in a few better items is that that complicated it's not and i mean compared to when i went to school from when i see what my daughter is eating at lunch uh, you know we we let her get the school lunch she gets to pick once a week what does she want and i think i think it's a little better but you know what the kids are going to eat it because of peer pressure if you throw some fruits uh, fruits and veggies on their plate they're going to see their friends eating it and they're going to eat it too it's how it works Let's go to the calls here. Wendy has called in to uh, WCCO. Thanks so much, Wendy. Uh, where do you stand on this issue? Do we have you, Wendy? I think Wendy's no, Wendy. Gone. We'll put her back on hold or try her later. Marie, go ahead. You're on WCCO. Yeah, I just had to laugh when you were talking about the Michelle Obama plan. It wasn't, we weren't, I was a parent during that time. I was a lunch lady during that time. The only complaint I heard is that the kids were still hungry. And it wasn't because they weren't eating. There were just not enough calories in that lunch. So that's that's my two cents. The attempt to add better food, I'm all for it. And I was a parent then too. But, But there wasn't enough calories for the kids to eat. They were eating their vegetables. They were eating their fruit. 
from what I saw, and they were eating the things, but it just, they needed some more calories in that plan. Well, they need, they may need more protein. They don't automatically need more calories. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> protein. There's a big probably, difference between yeah. calories and protein, right? Uh, from what I've read, no. But it protein stays with you longer. This, yeah. This, yeah. No, no. It's not it a debate. Matter. I don't want to argue that, but it's just, yeah, probably more protein yes. would have been better. I agree with you, that. You can, have, you can have healthier protein, too. As somebody who's had a kid in school... Since 1998, and who sees these lunches, who pays for these lunches, too many of them are crap. I'm sorry, they are. And I and to have a push for better quality uh, lunch food, I'm I'm just I'm sorry, I'm not going to push back. Now, if they're not getting enough, I think that's a fair point. Thank you, Marie. I'm glad you called in. Calling again, more text here. I tend to vote Democrat, but the Republicans are right this time. This is an example of the Dems spending money. Where they shouldn't just because they have the money. Means testing adds bureaucracy and barriers feed the children. We buy their books, let's buy their lunch. More tax again at 651 461 9226. You understand how the kids feel when they have to get marked down on a different page every day because they uh, get free lunch. Believe me, it, uh, it affects them. That's the thing, Dave. I. Do we really need to keep putting different lines and kids in different lines because of this? No. No, of course no. we don't. Like I said, we have the food. We have the food. Every couple of weeks, our school hosts a two-hour on a Thursday afternoon, hey, come on down, grab a box of food. Everybody's welcome. The food's there. Let's let's figure out how to get to the kids in their lunch. I, You know, I don't. It shouldn't cost that much. If we have food that we we're able to give away after school to whoever wants to show up from the community... I think we can give it to the kids at lunch. Major Garrett is minutes away on CCO. We like to call him Mr. Chest Lettuce. Major Garrett is here. <laughs> he is on the no, John you Schuster. Don't. No, you don't. Right on my phone right now, it says Mr. Chest Lettuce right here. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the picture, by the way. 1980s Major Garrett. Yeah, just keep, would... just keep just keep waiting. Uh, you know, okay. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just like roll over and give it to you as soon as I mention the possibility that it might exist. Some okay. moment when you least expect it, it will arrive, okay. and then and then oh. you're free to do as you choose. Thank you, I appreciate that, Mr. Garrett is here I on the John Schuster going in some way. I like it. I'm all for suspense. Normally, when it doesn't involve me, that's it's a lot better that way. When it doesn't involve my own life, Major on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Let me try to keep track of all the special counsels we have right now. Uh, right, we have yeah. one involving the 45th president of the United mm-hmm. States, and I believe I have this right. Mike Pence was his vice president, and Donald Trump over and over again. At least publicly, and it seems to be, according to a lot of reports, including your reporting, that Donald Trump was also privately convinced that Mike Pence, even though this is not allowed, it is not in the Constitution, it is not legal, could have overturned the election, could have brought in different electors, could have changed things, could have, let's put it this way, stopped democracy. Said Mm -hmm. to the 150-some million people who voted, I don't care. Where you stand, I don't care how it worked out with the 50 states. 
I'm upset. I think I won. I should yeah. win. And so Mike Pence mm-hmm. eventually followed this novel thing I like to call the Constitution of the United mm-hmm. States of America. And we know what happened on January 6th where Mike Pence's life was in peril and the president, of course, for days never even checked him. So now we have a special counsel, and special yep. counsel Jack Smith has offered up a subpoena for Mike Pence. When yep. you take in this information, what does this mean to you regarding the path of this investigation? Well, that it was inevitable. You can't have an investigation into what happened on January 6th. What were the conversations internally at the White House? What were the pressure points? What was the intent? What was the knowledge of the president? Because that goes to intent. Because there are those who for a while in the Trump universe said the president had no real ill intent. He didn't do anything wrong. He was just asking questions on behalf of the voters who had legitimate concerns about the election. That was a kind of early formulaic defense of former President Trump. He was just asking questions. (laughs) Well, the January 6th committee in the testimony blew all of that argument out of the water. He knew, had been told by people he trusted and we had hired and we continued to pay, either through taxpayer dollars working in his White House or through his campaign, that he did not win the election, that the allegations of widespread or mathematically relevant and outcome-changing fraud did not exist and would not be found. This goes to intent. So if you're any special counsel, you have to understand what did the president know and what were his intentions. If you are looking to whether or not a crime can be brought before a jury through the form of an indictment. So you can't do that thoroughly without talking to the vice president, who was, as you just said, the recipient of all of this intense public and private pressure to do this thing that you described, which was blatantly unconstitutional. And yes, Mike Pence defended the Constitution, resisted that pressure, and suffered consequences on January 6th. But he could have been much more aggressive about that before January 6th. I believe he was in a position to shut it down or come closer to shutting it down. And he was more equivocal about this than he should have been. But that's sort of at the margins. In the moment when it was most important, he did exactly the right thing. And he should be remembered for that. So you have to talk to him. And now that there's a subpoena, what does that mean? That it wasn't a cooperative situation. That Jack Smith, the special counsel, might have said, okay, can we talk? And the vice president said, what about? Well, this isn't this. I'd rather not. Why does the former vice president not want to be so eager? Because he's going to probably run for president. And he wants to maintain some connection to his record as Trump's vice president. So he doesn't want to jump into the arms of the special counsel to quote-unquote tattle on the president. So a subpoena is the only way you're going to get him to come in and answer questions. And trust me, special counsel is different than an investigative committee in Congress. Um, Special counsel has real authorities, and all the things have to be completely buttoned up, and you cannot waver or dodge. You can certainly invoke your Fifth Amendment privileges. Everyone can do that. That's part of the Constitution. But this takes it to another level, and you can't do a thorough investigation without taking it to this level. We have watched some individuals post the Trump presidency cite executive privilege where it has been utterly laughable. I mean, where where there's no basis 
whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But in this case, when it's the vice president sure. talking to the president, isn't it likely if it reached a subpoena level that the former vice president is going to repeatedly cite executive privilege and deflect a number of either Smith's direct questions or someone on mm-hmm. Smith's team's direct sure. questions? Possibly, possibly. But the Nixon uh, legal history tells us that there is no executive privilege for a crime. So you cannot exert executive privilege if a underlying crime was discussed or you were privy to discussions thereof. That's not the exact letter of the law, but that's the takeaway. So, yes, you're in the executive branch and you're talking to the president. So all of that is by general legal interpretation privileged. Uh, And you can deflect questions on that basis, but you can't uh, if the underlying conversations were about something that had a either criminal intent or criminal composition to it, which is tricky business in this area because we don't have a lot of law and precedent about, as a matter of fact, quite happily, we have zero precedent of a president seeking to use a make-believe cheat code in the Constitution to overturn a presidential election. So the clarity on the crime committed is a bit vague and untested. So you, you raise a good point. There could be opportunities from the vantage point of the former vice president to deflect on the basis of executive privilege. But he may not invoke that, and we may not find out until much later whether he did or didn't. Major Garrett with us here. On CCO, let's get to Joe Biden and let's get Mm -hmm. to what has been a tradition for almost 20 years, going back to George W. Bush. When we get a Super Bowl, we get the uh, Mm -hmm. network hosting the Super Bowl and someone of prominence who works at said said network, uh, either as Mm -hmm. an opinion host, as Bill O'Reilly was, or more traditionally, Mm One of their anchors interviews the president, whether it was W, mm-hmm. Obama, Trump, yeah. and now Biden. Now, uh, Trump did not do it one year with mm-hmm. uh, NBC News, but he participated mm-hmm. most of the time, and so did the others. So now we have this back and forth, which has emerged today. Here is a statement from the White House in the last hour or so. The president was looking forward to an interview with Fox Soul to discuss the Super Bowl, State of the Union, and critical issues impacting the everyday lives of black Americans. We've been informed that Fox Corp. has asked for the interview to be canceled. Now, Fox Soul is a streaming service aimed at black audience launched by Fox Corporation 2020. I'm just reading right from an account Mm -hmm, on it. mm -hmm. I was not familiar with this outlet. A Fox News executive offered a competing version. We offered an interview with our top news anchors with no strings attached, they're walking away from a huge audience, and it's a major missed opportunity. What do you think about how this is playing out? So I don't know. I haven't checked with the White House on this. Um, I remember back when I was covering uh, the Obama campaign in 2008, Bush did his uh, last uh, interview, and I was working for Fox at the time, and we did a companion one with Obama as a candidate. I think uh, I have my, my recollection may be dim on this. So sometimes um, you get both, you know, and like Obama got four or five minutes and the president got much more. But when yeah. he was in the conversation and 
He was definitely someone who was uh, a ratings driver in that period of time. I think that's one of the reasons they were interested. And I did the interview, and I remember there was a lot of uh, intense preparation on my part and their part for it. It was kind of a big sure. deal. Uh, so, look, this is, Max, this is an exposure time. However, I think one of the things we can fairly deduce about President Biden is he has a kind of different interpretation of modern media culture that sometimes serves him well and sometimes doesn't. And there are times when he says, you know, I don't need to be that place. Everyone tells me I need to be in that place at that time, but I don't, and I'm not going to go there. And I think after the State of the Union, which was a net success for him and everyone in the White House, not for the whole country, but they thought it was a definite net plus. He did one interview with PBS. He did two good road shows from their vantage point in Wisconsin and Florida. Do you need to do any more of this? And do you want to put politics into the Super Bowl? I think the president's instincts is, nah, I don't need to. Not good. Not a high percentage place for me. No, it's a big audience, but nah. I'm not going to interfere with people's Super Bowl celebrations. That is a non-traditional approach. And I think he might be more right than wrong on that. I don't think it's Fox-specific because you can work with it. This can be handled, and the president can deal with anyone. I don't think it's a Fox-specific thing. It might be at some element. I just think he's thinking, you know, I don't need it. So let me chime in. For example, example, uh, right before Christmas, who said, have a year-end presser. Putin's not having yeah. one. Show what a contrast is. Biden said, you know, I don't need to do it. There are times when he says, you know what, that's the advice. That's what everyone tells me to do. I'm not doing it. For the folks who either are objective who are critics, who will say, I understand what you're saying, Major, but you know what I think part of this, too, is they're hiding Joe Biden, that they worry how he holds up to questioning, and that's a part of the calculus in this decision. There will be those who certainly think that. And you can always think that about anyone who defers or doesn't take an audience. And look, it's the pregame. So it's a smaller audience, let's be honest. But it's still substantial. Still pretty big now. Still pretty big, yes. Why, why pass up on that? Well, you might be afraid. Sure. I think the White House would say, did the president look like he lacked a vigor or mental acuity in the well of the House of Representatives on Tuesday, that would be their answer. And look, people will come to different determinations on that. Um, And look, if I'm the White House, if I'm President Biden, not the White House because the comms team always wants you out there, but if I'm the president, I'm like, this week's pretty good. And I'm 80, and I am going to conserve my energy. So I'll take a pass. But look, people will say, oh, gosh, he can't hang, he can't handle, lack of vigor, lack of ability, scared off, maybe. And for those who think that, then it's probably, it probably is, to use Fox's terminology, a missed opportunity. But I do think there are parts of Biden's core set of instincts. And remember, his political instincts were more right than wrong about the midterms than almost everyone, including his own Number one pollster, John Anzalone. How do I know that? Because he said so on the takeout. President was right. I was wrong. You know, and I think this is one of those times where the president's gut instinct is, mm, yeah, it's okay. I'll be, I'll, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine without it. Fabulous stuff as always, sir. Have to go. Uh, enjoy watching the game. We'll uh, talk next yes. week. Excellent. Major Garrett. And also check out that phenomenal podcast, The Takeout. 
Let's wrap up this hour and preview an outstanding next hour here on CCO. Tiger Bleepin' Woods is going to play golf next week at Riviera, which might be the best course on tour. He's the host. Tiger Woods is going to play next week. Don't call me. Don't not, do not call me. Locked in. We got we got almost all the heavyweights in Phoenix. It, by the way, it's a, it's a great finish, but the front nine overrated course. But I like that it's different. Riviera is about seventy five times better course than uh, Scottsdale. So Tiger Woods playing next week in the tour. Shaletta. And my father and Prince at the Super Bowl next hour. Linda's Construction Time Check. It's time for you to reach out to them and talk about Infinity from Marvin Windows.